The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1-909. 741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Welcome to the Influencer's Edge. This is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques to leapfrog over the pack in sales, persuasion, and influence. Be sure you visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, tune in, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to The Influencers Edge. We have a, I would say, a different kind of guest. He's human like everyone else, but his topic is really, really interesting and a little bit off the beaten path of what we we're used to on the show. But, you know, I like to do eclectic shows, shows that bear down on and bring into the light things that have an effect on the human psyche, the human mind, and nothing does that more than music. Music is universal. And our guest expert today is Bill Pratzman. Let me read a little bit of your biography. You're quite accomplished, accomplished toy boat. So Bill's mission is to raise awareness of the power of music as self-care. He's the world's leading expert on the power of music for physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. You hold magna cum laude degrees. What does magna cum laude mean? It means it's louder than anything else. (laughs) Okay, I'll buy that for a nickel. You hold magna cum laude degrees in piano performance and creative writing. So let's push the pause button right there. So is the, what is the correlation in your mind between music and creative writing? Do they tap into different parts of creativity, or how do you see a relationship there? Well, you know what? It's, it's a good question. The creative writing degree was because it was the easiest thing I could do in college. I looked at a music degree, and it was going to take two-thirds of my time in college. I'm like, I don't want to spend two-thirds of my time in college doing something I've been doing for the last, I don't know, however old I was. 17 years by the time I got to college, I want to do something else. So I picked that creative writing degree to give me breadth so I could do other things as well. And then I went back later and finished the music degree. That's really an example of smart decision-making, which I think for an entrepreneur, many of our people watching are entrepreneurs and good decision-making is not taught. It's all about enthusiasm and goal setting and visualizing, which I believe in and building teams. If you're not making good decisions, you're you're not doing well have you found that ability to make i'd like to press the pause button if i see interest something interesting in the biography i pause it have you found that ability to make good decisions has followed you across contexts and in all of your business or is it something that's only in the creative aspect of your life well you're being very subjective there on what's a good decision right Uh, i i certainly make choices that are uh, different. I do it in a different way than many other people do. Unpack that for us. There's um, there's an amazing teacher on this named Robert Fritz. Robert's still with us. He started a business ages ago, 
uh, called The Path of Least Resistance. I'll use his buzzwords for it. There's a book, you can get all of that. But Robert, it turns out, is um, an accomplished musician as well as an accomplished business strategist. And his theory about making choices and decisions is far from the goal-based approach that we all like to use. His, his approach is creative. And in, in the creative world, the way that we get from A to B is that we take a very close look at where we are right now. And whether you're writing a symphony or trying to start a business, you take a very close look at your existing state, and then you project out into the future and say, what would my ultimate state look like? And if you're writing a symphony, that's a different answer than if you're starting a business, where are you going to be in five years, that sort of thing. Sounds like goals, but here's where it differs. Once you have a clear idea of your starting position and a clear idea of your intended objective, the path of least resistance is the easiest way between the two. And it turns out that that pathway gets easier, the better that you're able to contain, whether that means in your mind or on paper or with your team, the, the tension between the two things. That creative tension is what creates the, is, is what makes the energy happen to get you from A to B. So you're talking about the tension between where you are and your vision. Correct. Correct. And ah, that so is the, that's the creative that. path. Please. A lot of people perceive that as a block when in fact that's power. It's the opportunity. It's right there. That's brilliant. What is this gentleman's name? Robert Fritz, F-R-I-T-Z. You can, he's wiki. You can find him out there. Tracy, organization. make a note. We got to book that guy on the show. Let's continue with you though. You oh yeah. How I told you this would be nonlinear and disruptive. So in, um, you've been a successful entrepreneur for more than 30 years. In 2011, you launched Music Care Inc., a for-purpose corporation to teach and advocate for practical ways music can be used for your self-care. 2014, sure. you were recognized by the National Council for Mental Awareness uh, with an award of excellence, the industry equivalent of winning an Oscar. Wow. Wow, we wow, wow, wow. Right. Um, Build a piano player getting a mental health award you know i've long been interested as a healer speaking to you as a healer i've long been interested in different modalities and so many people think of music as merely entertainment or as a motivator but let's take a dive into how music can actually be a tool for mental wellness and let's define what what do you mean by mental wellness and then what are some ways that music is a tool for that you see i unpack things in a i want precision here you know, the, the whole question of whether or not you're well, is a, it's fraught. There's so many aspects to that. So I like to think of it in terms of consciousness. If you know where your consciousness is today, and this is path of least resistance stuff again, and you know what your consciousness would like to be, then you're making a move toward wellness. And it isn't that you're in a place that isn't well. Like we could be very well, healthy, and happy, and all of that right now. But if we see something out there and we want to move in that direction, that's a, that's a wellness move because it will improve, theoretically, we all want things that are better than what we have, right? It will improve our, our, our wellness, our holistic wellness. So how do we get there? And more importantly, and what's fun for me is how music can help us to go there. So let's dive a little bit more into your story. You're going along, you've got this love of music, you have uh, magna cum, laudy, bally, wally, whatever. Yeah. Uh, which, what's the level of your degree? Master's, PhD, what is it? 
Oh, I love this question. So I, I would love to take all of the higher level educational stuff. I have PhD simple bachelor's degrees. For, good PhD stands for piled higher and deeper. And yeah, it, right. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to do the work, but no, I, I, I have enough of a degree to keep me going. And in the piano performance world, let's face it, that's all about whether or not you can play. You don't need a degree to be able to play well. Got it. So what was your discovery? What was your journey of discovery? I'm not asking why, but I'm asking what was your journey of discovery of recognizing and then implementing music as a tool towards mental wellness? And I'll include in this for you, salespeople and entrepreneurs, motivation, oh, sure. keeping up, enthusiasm when you get knocked on your ass. They're all aspects of it to me. So was it an aha moment or was it a gradually dawning awareness that there's a connection between the two? Well, in spite of the degrees, you know, I'm not that smart. I like to bang my head against the wall instead of using the door. So I reached a point in my life where I'd been doing that for a while. But as a performing pianist, I tend to pay attention to what's happening in the room. And I got really curious sometime in the maybe the late 90s, early 2000s about why it is that people were responding the way they do to music. And maybe music I played, maybe not. Maybe I was in a concert, I was looking around. And that was right around the same time that neuroscience discovered that music could be used as a stimulus to measure stuff in the brain. Fascinating studies. And music, of course, became the thing that we had functional MRIs of jazz musicians, whatever. They were showing how the brain responds to music. And I'm like, this is really cool. There's more to this. Fast forward. In the uh, Labor Day weekend, I think it was, of 2007, I found myself as an empty nester with all the pets had died, you know, and I was trying to sustain oh, two households. It, it, it was, you know, it, it was great. The kids were launched. Everything was fine. And I had a concert coming up. I mean, to the outside world, it looked good, but I wasn't. I was empty. And I was so empty that I felt suicidal. And so at that moment, I decided to take my own, less, my own medicine, put on the headphones, picked a song that I love that has huge meaning for me, and sat in the chair with sharing that. Um, I can sure I can share it. It's a piece of classical music, and if you want to go and look for it, you'll find it out there. You have um, a piano in front of you. <laughs> can you play? Oh, it I do have a piano. Front. Yeah, I could play it in. Yeah, but you're going to have much more satisfying result than hearing it over Zoom. If you go look and look for, and you're going to love this. It's long. Stay with me, people. It's Vladimir um, Rachmaninoff, and his Etude Tableau. It's French. You'll have to look for that spelling. It ends like etude with a S and tableau with an X, opus 39, number two. So all you classical wonks out there, go type that in. You'll hear this wonderful, amazing piece of music. I heard it first and I thought it was new age. And it's not, right? It's Rachmaninoff. And I didn't know. It surprised me. And it's not very long. It's six minutes. And I just sat there. So, Paul, I was in the, I was in the chair with the headphones, feeling suicidal and listening to this music. I just said, you know what? If I'm still feeling this bad tomorrow, I can do something about it. Right now, I'm going to listen. And I listened, and I stayed with the music, and I stayed with the emotions. I didn't try to intervene or block them. I just said, you know, I'm going to sit here with this and allow the music to work on me. Because we had research. We, we knew that music could work, right? And it did. Uh, I had the most amazing creative breakthrough the next morning. And it solved a bunch of issues that I had in the performance that I was getting ready for. Wow. Just everything opened up. And one of the most amazing things that opened up for me was my conviction that not only is, was that experience life-saving for me, 
but it could be life-saving for lots of other people too in ways that we just can't even begin to scratch the surface. Science is still going to catch up with us on this stuff. Well, I believe that too. I believe science is just catching up to all sorts of fields, yeah, uh, including mindfulness, which I've been practicing for a long time. Sure, and music therapy, you know, which my, many of my colleagues are music therapists are doing amazing work, right? But they they just got approval after 30 years of work for like autism. And I'm way out beyond that. I'm like at suicide, well, you know, in talk, consciousness. Well, talk, about, talk about this because I have a nephew on, a spec, on the spectrum and uh, you would, I am no longer shocked, but many of the viewers out there and listeners would be shocked. I don't want to detour too much into autism, but so many people, more people for whatever reasons are on the spectrum. How have you seen music help people on the spectrum? So I, I want to say right up front, I'm not a clinician or a music therapist, but I've been able to observe. And one of the amazing things that you can see out there's documentation on this, it's a video. It's called Alive Inside. Find it on YouTube. Watch just a little bit of this. And you'll see a, a gentleman, an older black man who is, um, for all intents and purposes, he has no effect. He's just like, he's there, but he's not really home. You know, the lights are on, but nobody's home. And he puts on headphones and they play some music that he loves. And he comes alive. He sings. He taps his foot. He's in rhythm. He can communicate. And this is a severe Alzheimer's patient who is now suddenly back in life, right? He's alive. And that's the kind of work that's been going on with music therapy for, I don't know, 30 years now. We haven't got any documentation like that with autism. But you know this drive that we all have to be uh, somewhere in somehow diagnosed who we are with Myers-Briggs yes. and DISC yes. and all of that. And yes. Yes. a lot of us are coming to the place where we go, oh my gosh, maybe I'm on the spectrum, right? Yeah. And for me, that just sounds like goodness because once you can position yourself somewhere, you're at that place of understanding your point A, right? And you're in a creative moment where you can say, oh, and I want that and look into the future. And you can begin with that creative tension to move in that direction. So doesn't matter to me. I mean, I, I work with a guy who's a schizophrenic just because he's a good friend and we like doing this stuff. I'm not a clinician. I'm not fixing anything. But being able to say, and for him, that means I can play, I can layer a bunch of binaural beats to dial my energy down to where I can talk like with normal people. Right? Unpack. I've been using binaural beats on and off yep. for, for 20 years or so. They've been around longer than people think. Oh, they're, they're fundamental in nature. Will you unpack what binaural beats are and how they could be of use, practical use to an entrepreneur, salespeople, salesperson, business person to, I like to talk about programming in and tapping into, everyone overuses this, the, the best oh, yeah. you unlimited self, but how are, what are they and how are they a practical tool for achieving a state of mind where you can achieve more, achieve better, and be more satisfied with where you're at? It's a really great question. And, and there's a lot of fascination with monofrequencies and binaurals and whether we should be tuning to A440 or A430. I mean, this is all like technical stuff and it's, it's mumbo jumbo in a sense, but binaural beats uh, were something I discovered when a piano tuner came over and was tuning mom's piano back in the day. And pianos in many cases have three strings for one note. So all three strings have to be the same tuning to make the note happen. And there's reasons for that I don't have to get into, but if the piano's out of tune, you can hear that there's, there's some sort of uh, interference there. 
So you might have one string that's at A440 is just perfect. You might have another string that's like A40, 441. And that little bit of a difference in the frequency of the two strings creates an interference pattern. And when the tuner is listening to make sure the piano's in tune, they're not using a scope, they're using their ear, right? They're masters at their artists. And what they listen for is the moment that those two strings, when they're out of tune, which sounds like wah, 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 really fast, wah, 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 same pitch. They want to make that wah so that the strings are congruent. And that wah, 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 they call them beats. Those are binaural beats. What they are, if, if you put on headphones, you can hear it. You have one frequency in one ear and a slightly different frequency in another ear. And the difference between the two frequencies, the mathematical difference, creates this wah-wah-wah pattern. That, that's what your brain hears. Your ears that's what your brain hears. Brain yeah. hears it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. for those of you entrepreneurs, salespeople, who are looking at a methodology, a technology to get yourself into, I don't like the word peak state, but an optimum state. Brain states, when yeah. Not, when you've been knocked on your ass and something that doesn't take any work whatsoever dive into binaural beats i don't want to plug any company or any particular brand but look into it because it's a very useful way of recharging yourself after a tough day of getting yourself into a state when you want to make a presentation and so is music i, I just want to speak personally i once had my mom when i was a little kid i talked about my mom on a podcast and so unprofessional but she said would you rather be blind or would you rather not be able to hear and my instant answer is well that's a weird question mom my second answer was i would rather be blind because i wouldn't want to go without sounds of nature i would never want to go without music sure yeah I, I have to agree with you although it wouldn't be any fun to be blind but no. if you were your the way that you hear would change and improve and they have now what's called like 4d and you've probably seen video of the guy riding his bicycle who's blind uh, the ability of our ears to position us in space is remarkable. If we develop it, we can be just like bats. All right. I see this is just from asking about your biography. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll get to the I, podcast later. <laughs> well, no, no. This is part of the podcast is so your journey of, of making this switch was about your own personal experience of being down on the floor and how this one piece of music transformed you i love it so um let's ask some of the questions you submitted what are the practical aspects of spirituality that we can deploy what do you mean by spirituality what's the connection between music and spirituality because whenever i hear the words quantum or spirituality i want to reach for my my 45 simply because it's a terrible thing to say simply because most people talk about quantum quantum vitamins quantums uh, oh yeah drinking water they have no idea what quantum mechanics is really okay. about it's a marketing ploy and spirituality is such an ill-defined term does that mean you wear patchouli and stink up the room when you walk in <laughs> of and course man that's what my degree is all about patchouli i can't stand it so this is really going off the rails but it's an off the rail we should call it the off the rails show sure right instead of like in so here's the off deal the rails, off the chain in the 30 or so years that I've been watching the science on music evolve, they can measure physical effects. That's pretty easy. Like the binaural beats, they can, they can measure that, how they affect our brain state and all of that. They can measure that. They can measure our emotions. Uh, we've got lots better technology now for emotional measurement than we had before. And, uh, 
so physical, mental, emotional, those things, those are hard science measurements these days. For but sure. there are things about music that hard science can't measure yet. And for want of anything else, I've just stuffed all of that into the spiritual category. If you call it consciousness or whatever, um, for me, spiritual just means when I'm talking to people who are into measurements, that there's stuff that happens that science can't measure yet. And some of those things might be compassion or um, creativeness. Now, we can say that there's a brain state associated with those things, but the science doesn't let us trigger that brain state, if you will. However, music does. So if you want a compassionate brain state, if you want a creative brain state, you can do that with music. However, you get other benefits too. How about a focused and motivated? Because again, I want to bring it back to what's of deep interest to my audience. What about a focused and motivated brain state? I, I was joking around with you, but I'm serious. When I want to go on the pickup prowl, I'm 64, but I still go out and think, well, I don't care. You know, the audience doesn't give a damn. They, this is not a family show. I listened to Stan Bush's song, You Got the Touch, Bump, Bump. There you, you go. You Got the Power, and boom, I'm in state. So can you just speak to, get? do you know any pieces of music that you use for getting motivated? You can share. I mean, this well, is- Well, you've just given out. us one. Um, here's the magic. The science behind music shows that the music you love is your most powerful music. So if it's in there already, it's the most powerful music. I could come along and, you know, bang on a crystal bowl and say, this is the music, or I could give you a melody that you can sing. And there's a whole, I mean, the world out there is crazy with this stuff. There's actually a bona fide, nailed up, really this works kind of website that gives you your melody. You know, they consult with you and they read your R and they do all that stuff. And then they tell you the melody that you need to sing that is your song, right? Your soul song. And oh. like, okay, well, that's totally cool. Oh, but Paul. If you're going out uh, hunting cougars, you already know the music that you need, right? I don't hunt cougars. I hunt kittens. <laughs> I don't hunt. I attract the kittens. <laughs> okay. If you're within range of our voice right now. Uh, <laughs> but you already know the music you need, right? It's dialed in. Yeah. Now, here's why that works. First of all, it puts you in a physical state that you want, right? It puts you in a mental state that you want. It puts you in an emotional state that you want. We can measure all of that with the music that Paul loves when he's out hunting kittens. Attracting kittens. Attracting <laughs> kittens. So, but the other part that we can't measure is probably- I'm going to get hate mail. Excuse me. No, I'm gonna, I love <laughs> you hate email. You like to send me hate email. Feel free. I'll read them on the air on one of the next episodes of Paul at speakerpaulross.com. There you go. And subject, delicious hate mail. Go ahead. <laughs> Perfect. But so remember the part that science can't measure, that spiritual part. Now, here's where it really gets interesting. Uh, science generally is measuring what's above the neck. That's where the interest is right now. Neuroscience, all of that. But we know that music has a holistic effect. That is, it works on the head brain. Yeah, that's fine. The pattern matcher is a good place. It works on the heart brain too. The emotions, the seat of the emotions is not in the brain. You know, it is bigger than that. It's somewhere else. Uh, it also works on the gut brain. Let's talk about that because I know there's more, um, there's studies done on the vagus nerve and there one you of go. the interesting yep. things is there's more traffic going up from the gut 
to the brain than there is traffic from the brain going down to the gut. So have you seen any evidence, either anecdotal or in peer-published, in peer-reviewed publications, that music can uh, have an effect on the gut? Absolutely. Uh, there's an organization up north of us in San Francisco area called HeartMath, H-E-A-R-T-M-A-T-H, HeartMath Institute. And they have apps and downloadable tools and things you can use and whatever to, to demonstrate, so you can demonstrate for yourself, how this stuff works. So take a look. Um, one of the things that I'll say about the effect of music as a healing or an intervention is that there are absolutely uh, tons of healers out there who can heal anything related to you with the energy of music. They really can. And it's remarkable. Um, there's even TED Talks that show how certain frequencies can destroy cancer cells without hurting any of the other. pause on that. I'm going to pause on that. I'm going to push back that I I would I need to see some serious peer reviewed. Yeah, yeah, that. you that, do. That, it's out there. Um, that's I sniff. That doesn't pass my bullshit test, but I could be wrong. Well, you know, and, and I'm with you on this because all that physical stuff is nice, but it's not where I'm going. I'm going to consciousness. I get it. You know. I it, totally get it. We fix consciousness and all the physical stuff falls into line. We fix consciousness, all the mental stuff falls into line. We fix consciousness, all the emotional stuff falls into line. I would tend to say, you know, speaking to you as someone who's done hypnosis extensively for healing and personal improvement with other people, work with thousands of people, also uh, for sales, this is the thing I teach, I can say that I've seen things take place that are beyond my ability to measure right? or and yes. I simply like to say, I don't know. I think the mark, the measure of a mature intellect is to smile when you say, I don't know, and get yes. excited when you say, I don't know. So uh, I'll take back some of that pushback. And no, it, it's good. And it's and it's necessary pushback. I mean, people ask these questions and we need to, we really do. But starting with consciousness. So uh, I come from a tradition of spiritual healing and I know that sounds kind of crazy, but- Unpack that, what do you mean? What, what tradition? The idea—I was raised as a Christian scientist, and the oh, idea wow. there is that there is there is an energy, there is a power that is useful for fixing physical things, fixing situational things, and applying that energy. Which now I'm stepping away from my Christian science training right. and it, more into my Reiki, and as you pointed out, hypnosis. There's some other NLP. Stepping into that power as a as a channel for it is a very um, interesting place to be. Uh, I feel at the piano, uh, for example, more like I'm a bridge and the music is going through me to people who need it for their own I particular sure use, you know? I sure get that. That's how I channel my creativity and create yeah. scripts that increase people's uh, profitability and, and sales by like 30%. They're astonished. They're, their only comment is, how the hell did you do that? No, I get it. I completely get it. Well, let's tie it in a bow with your kitten hunting um, example because i think and this is a good way practicing, not hunting I don't, I, <laughs> don't you want hate mail right i'm working on that for you all right <laughs> okay so in that space so you've got your song remind us, us what the song is again dan bushes you got the touch bump, you, got the, you got the power okay so you're in alignment now physically mentally and emotionally and because there's a bunch of stuff that's going on that we don't measure but we know is in the room spiritually now, that spiritual stuff could show up in a bunch of ways. Um, 
one of these days science will measure that. But what I want to bring to everyone listening here is if you engage music, you get all of those aspects. You really get a holistic power. So if you're going to go out with a song, it's much different than going out with a mindset. Whoa. If you go out with a song, it's much better. It's much different than if you go out with a mindset. I yes. love that because mindset is limited to here. It's above the neck. And you want, especially if you're if you're doing what Paul's going to do, attract a bunch of kittens. If you want to go out with your heart, right? You need your heart. You need your gut. I lose all my female listeners. <laughs> you need it all. Like the, that intuition. And guys, I'm speaking to you because women are much better at this than we are. Something about the divine feminine that imbues women with the ability to tap into their heart and gut so much easier than it is for guys. But music will get us all there. It'll get us all there. Fantastic. Is there, uh, you see, I barely asked, I'm going to ask one more question that you, sub <laughs> that you submitted because we're at our time. But um, actually the question I would like to ask is, if people want to stay in this conversation that I find has elevated me, if people want to elevate the conversation with you and continue to learn more from you and get in touch with you, what do they do? How do they go about that? So musimorphic is one of those neologisms that launched literally in the last few months of 2022. It's a brand new word and it means transformation using music. I wasn't satisfied with music care because that's too limited to what seems like yeah. it's clinical. Right. And what we're after is consciousness anyway. So you, Googling musimorphic will find you very quickly in touch with me in a couple of different ways, um, including the online quest. This stuff is taught online so people can sign up and take the journey on their own and learn about how their music is powerful for them, including motivation or kitten attracting, whichever you're anything, actually. Okay. Staying well, alive, in my case. Tracy, we can't. I'm just saying to my producer, Jay, we can't edit that. And we don't. No, you've got to keep that in. Keep it in. We got <laughs> to keep, keep it in. in. For our, for our uh, audience who's only listening and they're not watching, can you spell musimorphic? Or yes. It, it takes a little while. You could say it. M-U-S-I, like music, M-U-S-I, and then morphic, M-O-R-P-H-I-C, musimorphic. Yeah, morphic is from form, is from the word form, morph. Is morph, yeah, transform or morphic or morph. See, I'm showing, off, I'm showing off my UCLA education. <laughs> Yay, go Bruins. Doing eclectic, goofy, contradictory and contrarian podcast. Bill, I want to thank you for being our guest today. Stay on afterwards because I want to have a brief chat with you. See you again next time on the Influencer's Edge. I love doing this job. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Okay, Tracy, we're out. I have the best producer. She's awesome. The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411321. That's COMPEL to 411321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1-909-741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. 
Thank you for tuning in to The Influencer's Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques so you can leapfrog over the pack of sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on The Influencer's Edge Show. Thank you.